Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast, a Spotify original. Coming to the show this morning to continue Women's Month, the Queen of Comedy herself, Miss Lucille Ball. In this first episode, Miss Ball plays a woman who has had her heart broken. So she's driving down the major highways through Texas when all of a sudden on the news a breaking story comes on the radio. A couple who has shot and killed and robbed a bank in Abilene are escaping and on the road when all of a sudden she picks up a dark skinned man on the side of her road who tells her he's trying to get back to his truck so she drives him to where his truck is and realizes it's a hotel and ends up staying there for the night and then the man and woman end up playing a cat and mouse game until the end when the red-headed woman ends up falling in love with a well-known ventriloquist and it is called the red-headed woman and co-starring with Miss Ball in that show is her real-life husband Desi Arnaz And in this second episode, Miss Ball plays a young woman who is walking down the streets of New York to the subway to take the subway home. When she gets to the subway, a man ends up grabbing her purse and runs off with it. Then a kind man ends up stopping the thief and returning her purse to her. But when she opens up her purse, it has a lot of money in it. And she ends up sitting next to a elderly woman who has lost almost 10 grand in A few years ago, she saved up for it all her life. And the only way she's trying to figure out who the person is that's following her is by the man who continuously whistles you. Yankee Doodle and it is called the 10 grand I hope you guys enjoy Miss Lucille Ball and her husband Mr. Desi Arnaz in our first episode and enjoy her performance on the show today if you like the show please comment and subscribe guys and always remember to enjoy the show thanks
Suspense. Autolite and its 96,000 dealers present Miss Lucille Ball and Mr. Desi Arnaz in The Red-Headed Woman, a suspense play produced and edited by William Spear. Well, Hap, are you over your cold? Oh, no, Harlow, I still feel run down. Hey, watch your words. We're on for Autolite stay-full batteries, remember? And Autolite has done everything to keep these brawny bundles of endless energy from running down. Why, Autolite stay-full batteries have extra water reserve above the plates to foil failure from lack of liquid. Need water only three times a year in normal car use. They've even got fiberglass retaining mats at every positive plate for longer battery life. Why, in recent tests based on SAE life cycle standards, Autolite stay-full batteries gave 70% longer average life than batteries without stay-full features. So, friends, see your Autolite battery dealer and get an Autolite stay-full battery for your car. You're always right with Autolite. And now, with the red-headed woman and with the performance of Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball, Autolite hopes once again to keep you in suspense. Jensen Corporation. Hello. Hello, Linda. Yes. Oh, hello, Frank. Oh, look, darling, I thought I told you not to call I know. Me. I shouldn't call you at the office. I'm sorry, Redhead, but I had to talk to you. You see, I... Well, darling, you sound so grim. Is there anything wrong? I... Oh, this is going to be tough, Linda, but... You see, I... Well, it, it's kind of hard to explain, but... Well, go on, dear. You can tell me anything. You know that. Oh, you're sure swell, Linda. That's why it's so hard to tell you. I... Frank, you haven't committed a murder or anything, have you? Oh, no, no, of course not. Well, what is it then? Linda, please, I, I tried to tell you last night. I, I know it's hard to justify, but... But what? Frank, you've met someone else, is that it? Yes, Linda. I'm sorry. Oh, it's quite all right. Is she blonde or brunette? Linda, I couldn't help it. It was one of these things. It, it just happens. Sometimes things do. Uh, well, you don't have to explain, Frank. I'll send your ring back this afternoon. I hope it fits her. Good luck. Tears came, and then I tried to laugh it off. And then I felt myself getting good and mad. What a fool I'd been. For two years, my every thought, my every move had been patterned toward Frank's wishes and welfare. Other girls, the selfish type, were holding their men. It was, well, I'd made up my mind that the future would be different. From that minute on, I'd think of myself first, last, and always. Suddenly, I wanted to get away, do things, have beautiful clothes, money, especially money. I suppose it's the kind of independence any woman wants to grab for in a moment like that. When she's found out you can't depend on a man. Oh, good morning, Glinda. Oh, good morning, Mr. Jensen. Yeah. Hey, feeling all right? Of course. Why shouldn't I? Well, I don't know. You just seemed a little despondent. No, I'm fine. Good, good, good. Oh, uh, will you put this away for me? What? Payroll money? Well, it's only the fifth, isn't it? Now, I'm going to Florida for a couple of weeks, Linda. Oh. I drew the payroll money today because I'm leaving tomorrow. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yes, doesn't it? I've been thinking about it for years. Mm. Say, 
Why don't you take a few days off while I'm gone, Linda? What? Oh. Why don't you, Linda? It's a good idea. Certainly, I won't be needing you. Well, I, I could come in on the 14th and handle the payroll. And... Oh, you needn't bother. I can get Walters. Well, he's t- pretty busy, Mr. Jensen. I'll come back and handle it. I'll just be in the country somewhere close by. Thank you, Mr. Jensen. Looking back, I suppose I thought of stealing the payroll right then. I must have, for a few minutes after Mr. Jensen left, I visualized how easy it would be. Only he and I had the combination to the safe. He'd be far away in Florida for two whole weeks. I could leave the next day. I could have at least ten days before anyone could find out anything was wrong. I thought about Frank and that brush-off he'd given me. How easily I might forget him in new surroundings. Well, when I closed the office that evening, I took the envelope with $21,000 in bills and stuffed it into my handbag. Then, I don't know why, I took the gun Mr. Jensen always kept in the safe. Next morning, I left Kansas City and began driving west. By the next afternoon, I was well into Texas on the inland route. I knew vaguely that I had to get across the border, but the actual fact that I was a criminal hadn't quite percolated yet. A few miles out of Big Spring, the weather changed, and dark gray clouds replaced the blue skies. Then I came to a roadblock, and I had to detour. It was a winding, makeshift road of dirt that stretched on and on for miles. I hated going so slow, but there wasn't anything I could do about it, so I switched on the radio and tried to feel comfortable and forget what I had done. Then a few drops of rain splashed against the windshield, and I hoped that I'd make the main highway before it really let loose. It was then that I heard the announcement. This afternoon, in one of the most daring daylight holdups in Texas history, the seventh bank of Abilene was robbed of $40,000. As far as is known, only two persons participated. A tall, dark-complexioned young man wearing a light gray suit and hat and an attractive red-haired woman dressed in a green suit. In effecting their successful getaway, one of them shot and critically wounded an elderly bank guard, a veteran of World War I. The couple left in a green panel truck and are believed headed in the general direction of El Paso. More news after our next music. Well, these were worse criminals than I was by far, and they'd made a getaway. I shut off the radio. To my right, black letters loomed suddenly against the yellow background of a sign. Midland, Odessa, Pecos. I slowed down to 30, rounding a series of blind curves. Coming around the last one, I saw a man standing in the middle of the road. I jammed down my brakes to keep from hitting him. He started walking toward me. I'm very sorry to bother you this way, but my car is out of gas, and I was wondering, could you perhaps let me siphon a little from your tank? Well, sorry, but I'm low myself. Oh, please, don't be like that. I've been waiting here for hours. You're the first car I've seen. I would just take a little. Well, I can't. Honestly, I... All right, all right. Then perhaps you would be so kind as to give me a little lift to the next gas station? Well, oh, come on now. Don't you believe in the good neighbor policy? Well, uh... <laughs> all right. Get in. Thanks. Thanks a lot. We'll find a gas station right on here someplace. I-, I won't even take you out of your way. Oh, that's all right. I'm going in the general direction of... of, uh... El Paso? El Paso. It all came together suddenly. The radio announcement and this man who was just sitting down beside me. He fitted perfectly. Dark complexion, light gray suit. 
I glanced at the car parked by the side of the road. Yes, it was a green panel truck. Well, senorita? Uh, look, I'm terribly sorry, but I don't think I can take you after all. You see, I... Oh, have... now, please. I have been marooned here for two hours. It's very important that I get to Pecos in the next two hours. Oh, and where are you going after that? Me? <laughs> I'm going to travel all over. After Pecos, I'm going to beat it down to Juarez. That's across the border. From there, we're yeah, going... Yeah, that's what I thought. Look, I would like to pay you for helping me. He drew a sheaf of new bills from his pocket and dropped a fresh 20 into my lap. I opened my handbag and my fingers closed around Mr. Jensen's gun. He looked down at it. Hey, what? I said I've changed my mind. Okay, okay. That's the way you feel. I don't argue with a girl who's got a gun. I didn't even wait for him to close the door. I let out the clutch, stepped on the gas, and got away fast. When I finally reached the highway, I speeded up still more. I'd had a bad scare. I wanted to talk to someone about anything and forget that man. Maybe that was why I was so relieved when I came to the little town of Pecos and saw the carnival a short distance ahead, and why I stopped to look at it. Even from the car, the bright lights and the people and the carousel, gaily painted horses going round and round, made me feel less lonely. I wanted to get out and mingle with the people and drink some pink lemonade and buy a red candied apple. Go in one of the midway tents and see Tortoro, the sword swallower, and Lopez, the ventriloquist. But instead, I ate a hot dog in the car and bought a silver ashtray from a little Indian girl. And a sudden burst of thunder reminded me of the approaching storm. I started the car and left the carnival behind me. Soon afterwards, it began to rain. Then a cloud burst hit. Fifteen minutes later, I spotted an auto court. As I came to a stop, a gray mustached man in a rubber hat and raincoat came out to meet me. Hello there. Hello. How far to El Paso, please? Not planning to go there tonight, are you? Well, oh, I... Oh, you never make it. A lot of bad spots in the road. I know because in rainy nights, I always pick up a lot of money pulling stall cars out of the mud. Well... Maybe I'd better spend the night here, then, if you have a vacancy. I've got more vacancies than anything else. I'll fix you up with the best cabin on the place. I used to live in it myself. Come on, I'll show you. It's uh, number three. Oh, it sounds fine. Do you mind if I use your phone first? No, go ahead. Go ahead. There's a booth over there right next to the office. Thank you. Yeah, I'll open the cabin door and leave the key on the dresser. You can put your car in the shed there. I was going to phone the El Paso police and tell them where I'd last seen the man answering the of the Abilene Bank, Robert. I dialed and waited for her to answer. Operator? And then I remembered something. There should have been a woman, too. A woman with red hair, but the man had been alone. Operator? After all, there was more than one green truck in the world. More than one dark young man. Operator? And besides, I thought with a shock... I'm in no position to risk their maybe tracing the call and finding out my name and investigating me. I hung up the receiver. I went out and wheedled a cup of coffee and a donut out of my host. And then I went up to my cabin and went to bed. I woke up about 10 o'clock. A car had driven up and stopped right outside my window. The headlights were shining in. When I got up to pull down the shade, I saw the car. It was the green panel truck I'd seen on the road. And this time, a woman was in the front seat. Then the proprietor and the other man came out of the cabin next to mine. All right, 
I lowered my shade and then listened to you. I'll wait till the storm is over and then I'll go on to El Paso. Is it all right if I leave my truck out here? Oh, sure. There's a garage in back if you want to use it. No, thanks. I'll just park it here near to the door. I heard him enter his cabin. I locked my door and sat down on the bed. It was very quiet next door. Finally, I guess I must have dozed off. But then, all of a sudden, I was awake again. Voices, a man's and a woman's, were coming from the cabin next door. I got up, opened my window very quietly, and listened. I don't think you had better forget that. If you do, you will be sorry, very sorry. You are wrong, Carmencita. It will not be me who is sorry. What do you mean? It shouldn't be difficult for you to figure that out. You mean? <laughs> oh, but that is so funny. You couldn't get along without me. No, not even for one week. Not one week. <laughs> I would not laugh if I were you, Carmen. <laughs> Wait, Jose. Don't do it. You're just trying to be funny. No, you don't do it. After that, everything was quiet. I was stunned, frozen. Then I heard his door open. I hurried to my window and carefully raised the shade a few inches. It was quite dark, and at first I could only hear his footsteps. And then I saw him. He snapped on a flashlight, looked around with it. He was carrying a roll of blankets, and he put it down carefully in the wet grass. Then he opened the rear door of the green panel truck. There was a long, oblong box on the floor. He stooped over and lifted what I thought was the roll of blankets. But I was wrong. From one end, a head was visible. A woman's head with red hair. I must have thrown up my hands and hit the window shade. It clattered to the top. In the tense silence of the night, it sounded like a machine gun. The man outside spun around. Huh? He trained his flashlight on me. He took a long look. Then he turned around and dropped his gruesome bundle into the long box. I turned away. I couldn't look anymore. Finally, I heard him walk toward his cabin, go inside, and shut the door. Then I took a chance. I threw on my raincoat and shoes and hurried to the proprietor's office. I heard I knocked on his door and called to him. There was no answer. So I wrote a quick note and slipped it under his door and hurried back to my cabin. I closed my door and was just fumbling with the key when the lights went on. <gasps> no use to lock it now, senorita, and don't make a noise. He was sitting in a chair, smiling, casually pointing a gun at me, my gun that I'd foolishly left on the dresser. <laughs> you were not so very smart, were you, sweetheart? This gun, it looks nice. I think you handle it good, too. I almost found out this afternoon on the road, didn't I? Now, look, I, I wasn't going to use it, honestly, but, well, you know, you, you read a lot in the papers about the trouble people get into picking up strangers, and yes, I... Yes, yes, sure, sure. You're always careful. Stay out of trouble. Mind your own business. That is very good to remember, well, senorita. That's, that's all I was doing. Well, what do you want with me? It's just too bad you looked out on me just now. I wouldn't have known you were here. I didn't mean to spy on you. I was awake, and when I heard a noise outside, I, I looked out. That's all. That was natural, wasn't it? Maybe, but it didn't turn out so good for you, did it? Come on now. We're getting out of here, and you are coming with me. But where, where are we going? Just places, senorita. Just places. Come on now. But what do you want with me? You, you don't want me. Don't want you? <laughs> Why, I'm crazy for you. I've been looking for you. I've been looking for somebody just like you. 
Light is bringing you Miss Lucille Ball and Mr. Desi Arnaz in The Red-Headed Woman, tonight's production in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Feeling better, Hap? No, Harlow, I think I'll take the vacation my doctor advised. Decided where you'll go? Not yet. Well, how about the Atlantic Ocean? Or the Great Lakes, or the Mississippi River. Say, that's a lot of water. Right. It'll remind you of Autolite stay-full batteries, that they have longer and larger liquid reserve above the plates as compared to ordinary batteries. Need water only three times a year in normal car use. Or, hey, better still, Hap, visit the zoo. See the camels. Tell them Wilcox sent you. What? And get tossed out on my ear for suggesting that Autolite stay-full batteries can go without water longer than camels can? Well, tell them about those fiberglass retaining mats protecting every positive plate for longer battery life. Tell them that in recent tests based on SAE life cycle standards, Autolite stay-full batteries gave 70% longer average life than batteries without stay-full features. Well, wherever you go, Hap, take along an Autolite stay-full battery. You're always right. With Autolite. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage our stars Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball in The Red-Headed Woman, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. It was quite a moment. Jose motioned with a gun for me to pick up my suitcase. And right then, the door opened and the proprietor came in. I got your note, miss. Well, what's all this? What's the gun for, mister? Oh, it uh, um, belongs to the lady. She was just showing it to me. Oh, yeah? Well, yes. Yes, that's right. I'll take it back now. This man bothering you, miss? Is that why you left the note? I I remembered my position again. I thought of the 21,000 in my handbag. I wanted this murderer locked up, but I didn't want to risk too much investigation. I wasn't bothering her. No, no, I just thought I heard someone at the window. And when I couldn't find you, I went next door, and this uh, gentleman was kind enough to... Yes, I owe you an apology, mister, but then when I saw you with a gun... It's okay, it's okay, forget it. Forget it, amigo. Sure. Well, good night. All right, you, you stand over there. Well, I guess you must be crazy for me, eh? To lie for me like you did? No, I'm just fond of myself. Things have kind of changed, haven't they, Jose? Oh, you know my name, too. And I know all about you. Really? Yes, I guess things have changed. All right, now. That was a good idea you had before about leaving here. Come on, pick up my suitcase. Yes, ma'am. Where are we going? Like you said, places, Jose. Just places. Now walk quietly. My car's right outside. Anything you say, senorita. He drove while I held the gun. After we'd gone about five miles, we came to a side road. I told him to turn. It's a pretty deserted neighborhood, no? Yes. Please tell me, where are we going? Oh, you're not going very far. You know, I wish you didn't make me leave my truck back there. Oh, you're worried about what's in that pile of blankets, huh? Yes, that's right. Somebody might find her. Senorita, please. Not a chance. Oh, look, now, uh, why don't we talk this thing over? I think maybe we could. Uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm not buying a thing. Well, I certainly hope you know what you're doing. Uh-oh. I'm sorry, but we're stuck in the mud. Oh, well, that's a very fancy trick, but it won't work. 
You don't believe me? No. Well, then get out and see for yourself. And have you drive off and leave me? Oh, no, thanks. Come on, start the car. But I'm telling you the truth. We're stuck in this ditch. You better start the car, mister. Okay, okay. Anything you say. You see? Try it again. All right, but it'll only get us in deeper. Well, what do we do next? <laughs> You're running the show. You tell me. Okay, I'll tell you. Get out of the car. What do I do now? Pick up some broken branches and put them under the wheels. Like I said, you are running the show. No, no, never mind. It's too dark. I can't see you. Get back in the car here. But you give up too easy. Why don't you think of using a flashlight? I don't have one. Well, maybe if you ask me real nice, I will let you use mine. Where is it? It's here, in my coat pocket. All right, senorita, drop the gun. Quickly. It was over in a second. Before I knew it, he'd reached in his pocket and jumped behind me. I'd forgotten the most important thing of all. I hadn't searched it. I could feel the gun against my back. <laughs> now you're going to get into the car. Hurry. Yes, sir. Now you will drive for a while, no? But I thought we were stuck. That is exactly what I wanted you to think. Good, eh? Start a car. <laughs> You know, senorita, you should have searched me before we started. Yes, I've already figured that out. Yeah. But this whole thing is kind of new to me. Oh, come on. Let's quit the kitten. You know, I think you would have been very surprised if you would have searched me. You know why? Nothing would surprise me. Oh, I think so. Because you wouldn't have found any gun. Only this. A flashlight. <laughs> it feels very much like a gun against your back, doesn't it? Especially when you're very frightened. Look, let me go. I swear I'll never bother you again. You won't bother me. Not where you're going. You won't bother anyone. Drive a little faster, please. I drove for several miles without saying a word. Then I took a chance. I speeded up to 60, then jammed the brake to the floor. Oh! Oh! Jose's head banged against the windshield. He dropped the gun. I grabbed it almost before it hit the floorboard. Now, out again, Mr. Finnegan. We're going to change seats. Oh, my head. That was very smart, baby, very smart. Almost as good as your flashlight gun trick, hmm? It's better. Your trick wins. Oh, well. What cooks now? We're heading straight into El Paso Police Department. But, 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 baby, you can't do that. Why can't I? Because it's too foolish. And the senorita is not a fool. No, the senorita isn't. That's why you're driving straight to El Paso and the police. Yes, ma'am. Whatever you say. I certainly hope you know what you're doing. Now, the senorita has learned a lot in the last few hours. Drive carefully. He shrugged his shoulders and settled back behind the wheel. I decided I'd been needlessly concerned about the police. After all, no one knew I had the $21,000 in my handbag. No one even knew it was missing. When I handed the police the man they were looking for, they wouldn't bother about me. They would accept my statement that I was just a secretary on my way to Mexico for a vacation. As we entered the outskirts of El Paso, I switched on the radio and settled back to enjoy it. 
And now our Texas roundup of the latest Texas news. Texans who expect quick and speedy action when it comes to lawbreakers in our state won't be disappointed when they hear the outcome of the bank holdup and killing of a guard in Abilene two days ago. What? What's that? Be quiet, be quiet, listen. Manuel Milani, a non-Texan, and Betty Murphy, a red-haired Californian, were apprehended today in Big Spring, only 61 hours after their spectacular holdup of the 7th Bank of Abilene. Both freely confessed to the crime, the bravery of our Texas... Hey, wait a minute. You wait a minute. Stop the car. Now, I don't believe it. Neither do I. You don't? All right, then. Who was it you killed? Me? I didn't kill anybody. Oh, stop it. It was your your accomplice. I heard the argument, and then you killed her, and then you... Oh, you're crazy. What do you mean, I'm crazy? Right this minute, there's a red-haired woman dead in the back of your truck. What the... Oh. <laughs> oh, boy, that's a good one. You know, you're right. You did hear an argument, and you did see me put a red-haired woman in the trunk. She was dead. Yes, that's right. She has been dead all her life. She's... <laughs> the argument, as you say you heard, went something like this. <clears throat> Half of the money, it is mine, Jose. I don't think you had better forget that. If you do, you will be sorry, very sorry. You are wrong, Carmencita. I will not be me that is sorry. You couldn't get by without me. No, not even for one week. Not one week. <laughs> for heaven's sake. A ventriloquist. What do you mean, a ventriloquist? I am the best. Jose Lopez, the great. Oh, what a relief. Yeah, your relief? What about me? I thought the whole time, here I am traveling with a criminal. Me? How could you think that I was a criminal? Why not? You got the red hair, you're wearing the green suit. Just like the description. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> hey, um, listen, there's only one other thing that is confusing me. What's that? How come you carry such a big bankroll? All these thousands of dollars in your purse. Well, I, uh... Yes? Well, you... Oh, what's the use? I might as well tell you the whole story. You know, I found myself doing it, and Jose explained to me how silly I'd been to ever try such a thing, and then it struck us that it was still only the 13th of the month, so we drove back to Kansas City together. I put the money back, and the payroll went off just like it always does. And oh, that Jose, he's so cute and so wonderful. Hey, baby, come on, hurry up with that dinner, will Yes, you? Jose, dear. And what are we going to eat tonight, baby? And it better be something good, you know. A husband can testify against his wife. <laughs> Same as usual, amigo, baby. Enchiladas with tacos and hot sauce. Yum, yum, chili yum. Chili with tamales. Suspense, presented by Autolite. Tonight's stars, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Lucille, I heard your radio show last Friday night. Like it? Sure, a swell show. Mind if I got in? Of course not, Desi. I warn you, Desi. Harlow will try to sell you an Autolite stay-full battery. <laughs> oh, me, I'm sold already. That's just what I was going to tell Harlow. His product is terrific. Why, thanks, Desi and Lucille. Autolite stay-full batteries are, as Desi says, terrific. They need water only three times a year in normal car use... 
Yes, sir, their extra liquid load above the plates as compared to ordinary batteries helps lick a leading cause of battery failure. Autolite stay-full batteries are just one of more than 400 products Autolite makes for cars, trucks, planes, and boats in 28 plants coast to coast. These include complete electrical systems used as original equipment on many makes of America's finest cars and trucks. Batteries, spark plugs, coils, distributors, starting motors, bullseye sealed beam headlight units. All engineered to fit together perfectly, work together perfectly, because they're a perfect team. So, folks, don't accept electrical parts supposed to be as good. Ask for and insist on Autolite, original factory parts at your neighborhood service station, car dealer, garage, or repair shop. Remember, you're always right with Autolite. Next Thursday for Suspense, Burt Lancaster will be our star. The play is called The Long Wait, and it is, as we say... A tale well calculated to keep you in Suspense. Tonight's Suspense play was produced and edited by William Spear and directed by Norman MacDonald. Music for Suspense is composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The Red-Headed Woman is an original play by Nancy J. Cleveland. Lucille Ball will soon be seen, co-starred with Bob Hope in the Paramount picture Fancy Pants and may be heard in her own Jell-O show, My Favorite Husband, every Friday night over most of these same CBS stations. In the coming weeks, you will hear such stars as Burt Lancaster, Mickey Rooney, and Lana Turner. Don't forget, next Thursday, same time, Autolite will present Suspense, starring Burt Lancaster. You can buy Autolite stay-full batteries, Autolite resistor spark plugs, Autolite electrical parts at your neighborhood Autolite dealers. Switch to Autolite. Good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Roma Wines present Suspense. Roma Wines, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Salud. Your health, senor. Roma Wines toast the world. The wine for your table is Roma Wine, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is the Man in Black, here for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California, to introduce this weekly half-hour of Suspense. Tonight from Hollywood, Roma Wines bring you a star, Miss Lucille Ball, who appears tonight as a Broadway lady, whom you may have often seen if you are a devotee of musical comedy. She is the third one from the left in the chorus line. And so with this little lady's narrative about the ten grand, and with the performance of Lucille Ball as Miss Gigi Lewis, we again hope to keep you in suspense. Well, on this particular night, I'm standing in front of the Broadway Lindy's with my nose practically pasted against the window. It's late and I'm hungry. 
I've been pounding the pavements all day doing the rounds of the manager's offices. You'd think a good hoofer like I ought to be able to land something with all the shows on the big street. But here I am, standing like General Sherman's statue in front of Lindy's, looking at the pasted-up menu and mentally overindulging in a big, thick, juicy T-bone steak smothered with onions. That comfortable crowd inside there can toy politely with their chicken sandwiches and their shrimp cocktails for all I care. Just give me a T-bone smothered onions. Here I am with five cents in my handbag, literally. Enough for the ride home in the subway, no extra charge for the empty stomach. Well, anyway, I could take my shoes off when I get in the subway. I turn around and give Lindy's one last sorrowful gander and then make to the subway entrance. It's just the time the shows are letting out. Plenty of people from the taxi set are taking the subway home these nights, being short on tires and gas. So I get in that Times Square jam that looks like 5 o'clock p.m. and feels like a Russian pincers movement on the Polish border. I'm getting shoved toward the turnstile, so I quick try to get my handbag open to reach for that lonesome nickel. All of a sudden, I feel something jerk out of my hand. My bag is gone. I try to yell, stop! Hey, hey, stop! I twist around and see somebody, a little guy with short bow legs running toward the stairs. Stop that guy! Stop that guy! He's got my... Trying to break out of the mob and after the purse snatcher, but I'm like the ace of spades being dealt off the bottom of the pack. When I'm finally in the clear a little, I see a tall guy running after that little guy who has my purse. They both disappear around the corner and up the steps. There's plenty of commotion in the crowd. You'd think there was a million dollars in my handbag for all the fuss they're making. But I don't stop to think about anything except that I lost my fair home. I take out after the tall guy. When I get to the foot of the stairs, the tall guy's coming down again. And he's got my bag in his hand. He's smiling a big, wide smile at me. And I'm gazing gratefully up into his big brown eyes and noticing the way his hairline ain't receding any. Just the guy to go around rescuing ladies in distress. Regular Sir Galahad or somebody. Is this yours, miss? Yeah. Gee, how can I ever thank you? Think nothing of it. There you are. What about the guy? The, the, the corner of the way. Oh, there was a cop on the street. He'll take care of you. What about you? You're all right, aren't you? Oh, sure, sure. I'm all right. <laughs> you uh, look kind of pale. I uh, guess it would have been pretty tough to lose your purse that way, especially this late at night. Oh, I don't know why you bothered, really. Nothing but a nickel in it, anyway. I don't carry much with me when I'm out at night. <laughs> <laughs> a uh, nickel will get you home, He's smiling at me again, and my heart's saying, Oh, brother. We both start towards the mob at the turnstile, and I'm busy hoping he's going my way so we can sort of get better acquainted, you know? Well, good night. Hang on to that pocketbook now. Well, aren't you, uh... Well, good night. I'm caught in that mob at the turnstile again, and the train's coming in. Somehow, the way you do in crowds, I lose sight of it. And I gotta concentrate on digging out that nickel to put in the slot. I open up my bag and find the nickel all right, and then my heart almost stops. There in my handbag sits a great big wad of bills, folding money, cash. I managed to get the nickel in the slot and get myself through to the platform and on the train, all the while hanging onto that bag as if there were ten grand in it. Ten thousand dollars. Gee, it could be that much. The roll is big enough. My head's going around in crazy circles. The doors close behind me and everybody in the car is rushing to find a seat. Over the noise, I hear some contented soul whistling. 
I grab a seat next to a fat man who's taking up most of it. I sit there hanging onto my bag, not daring to look inside. I tell myself I'm dreaming. There's not really a big roll of bills in there. Extreme hunger is giving me the DTs. How would I get a bankroll as big as your fist? What am I doing with money? Then I remember the purse snatcher. He must have put it there. But why? The fat guy next to me tries to drum up a conversation. Uh, well, uh, nice night, ain't it? Yeah, cold. You the young lady what got her purse snatched? Yeah. Lucky thing you got it back, ain't it? Yeah, yeah, very lucky. I always say it ain't good for a young lady... Especially a, a nice-looking dame like you to carry a lot of money around when she's out nights. Huh? What makes you think I got a lot of money? Well, the way you carried on when that fella snatched your poise. Oh, yeah. I'm showing this fat palooka by my attitude that I don't go for conversing. I'm sitting there looking straight at the wall ads, and the one across from me is a big photo in natural color of Miss Subway in 1944. A Brooklyn girl, all dressed up and dripping with furs, probably wearing Chanel number five. Money. Hmm, all the money I need. No more pounding the pavements and waiting in outer offices for some two-bit job in a show that's due to close opening night. Clothes. A fur, maybe. Chanel number five, maybe. An apartment downtown with a switchboard to announce people instead of a fifth-floor walk-up in the Bronx. Food. Hmm, T-bone steak, smothered in onions. Just walk right in and order it fun. Maybe go to a nightclub and... Say, though, maybe it's counterfeit dough. Maybe. Uh, see those guys coming through? They're cops. How do you know? They might be the Rover boys. Uh, I can spot a plain clothes dick in a minute. They all look alike. They all got a certain purse and noise. Well, that don't prove they're dicks. I don't know. Maybe it's the way they part their hairs. <laughs> plain clothesmen. Looking for something, hmm? Hot money, maybe. So, suppose I'm found with it. How am I going to prove somebody planted it on me? I can see them laughing at that one now. That's a good one. Ha, ha, ha. She didn't steal the dough. Honest. She just found it in her purse. Ha, ha. That's a good one. Lock her up. 25 years. Well, good night, little lady. I'm getting off here. This your stop? No, no, thanks. I go further uptown. Well, good night. I'm certainly glad you found your voice. Good night, fatso. <laughs> The Rover boys pass on through, and I decide to sneak another look at my bag. I open it up very carefully. The bank rolls there, all right. Some of the bills are in big denominations, too. There could be ten grand, and it looks like the real thing. But there's also something else, something I didn't see before, a piece of paper stuffed into the roll. I reach in and get it, looking around to see if I'm being watched. All I see in the car is sleepy people, so I unfold the paper and read what's scribbled on it. Get off at 161st Street and follow Yankee Doodle. That don't make sense. What's Yankee Doodle got to do with it? I get up and I'm making for the door when I hear it. And then I remember I've been hearing that whistling right along and didn't notice it. I back into the first empty seat and prepare to do some thinking. Somebody in this car wants that bankroll again. Could it be Sir Galahad? I just can't bear to think of him as a criminal type, but he was awful quick to go chasing after my purse. And he could have been in his car all along without me seeing him. I try to get a quick look around, but there's people in the aisle. And a dear little old lady is pushing her way forward. She sits down next to me. 
I was sitting next to a man who kept snoring. Do you mind if I sit here? No, not at all. I didn't know there could be so much confusion in the subway this late at night. Well, in New York, you get to confusion 24 hours a day. Well, I guess I'm just not used to it, that's all. I Say, you look I, like there's something wrong. What's the matter? Do you feel sick? I, I'm all right. Oh, Hey, hey, she's passed out. Won't yeah. somebody help me? This woman's sick. Yeah. Look out. Yeah, give her a slug of this. That's a bringer, too. Thanks, that's well. Now, look, lady, just take a swallow. It won't hurt you. Go on, swallow it. That's it. <laughs> oh, I'm terribly sorry, really. I Forget it. How do you feel? I can't imagine what happened. All at once, everything seemed to whirl around. Sure you're all right now? I'll be fine in just a moment. Here's your medicine, mister. Thanks. That's Okay. You're awfully kind. I didn't think people were so kind in a big city like this. You better take it easy now. Where do you get off? What's that? Where do you get off? Oh, 169th Street. That's where my sister lives. I'm visiting her, you see, and I just thought I'd go downtown tonight and see a show and have a good time. Evelyn told me how to go on the subway, and everything was fine until just now. You're not hungry or anything? Oh, no, no. It's not that. I, I have plenty of money. At least I did have. Yeah? What happened to your money? Somebody stole my life savings. No, not really. Who'd do a thing like that? Eh? Who'd do a thing like that? thing like that? Oh, I... I don't worry about it, you understand. I'll get the money back. How? Well, don't you remember the old saying? It takes a thief to catch a thief. Uh, I suppose so. Yes. Well, that's just how I plan to catch the person who stole my money. Uh, how much did you lose? What's that? How much did you lose? Oh, lose. Well, I had been saving it all my life, and there was at least, well, $10,000. Gee, that's too bad. Well, am I going to give it back to her if it turns out to be her money? How do I know she's not pulling a fast one? I remember that in shows, it's always the dear old lady who fakes a faint to get sympathy when she's really the brains of the mob. Yeah. I noticed she got a big gulp from the bottle while she had the chance. Well, supposing she is on the level. Would I give her the money when I have it here? Ten grand? And me practically in the lap of luxury? Would I? Oh, my. Listen, do you know how to whistle? <laughs> what a strange thing to ask me. As a matter of fact, yes, I do. Well, I'm awfully fond of whistling. Yeah, mm -hmm. are you? Well, you know, I was judged the champion whistler of the ladies' auxiliary at church back home. Well, isn't that nice? Yes. Won't you whistle something for me? Oh, well, I couldn't. Not here. People would turn around and look at me. Well, you already caused quite a stir when you fainted. Oh, did I? Mm-hmm. Well, then, uh, what would you like to hear? Yankee Doodle. Well, I'll try. <laughs> uh-huh. That's fine. But I guess it doesn't prove anything. Uh, I beg your pardon? I meant, how was it you say you lost all that money? Oh, the money. That, why, the bank teller back home just ran off with the savings of practically everybody in town. Oh, it happened back home, huh? When? Well, now, let me see. Why, it must have been five... No, no, no. It was just about six years ago. Oh. Yes, and why do you ask me? Well, I just thought maybe you were... I thought you might have just lost it tonight, the way you talk. Well, I hope I didn't alarm you. 
But I just keep knowing I'm going to get that money back someday. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Oh, listen. Somebody else is whistling Yankee Doodle now. That's very fine whistling, too. Mm, isn't it, though? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and this time it's no old lady. I got an idea it's somebody who just possibly could have a slight case of murder on his mind. Tonight for Suspense, Roma Wines bring you a star, Miss Lucille Ball, whom you have heard in the first act of The Ten Grand by Virginia Radcliffe. Tonight's adventure in Suspense. Far to the south of us is our good neighbor country, Ecuador, land of towering mountains, sweeping vistas. Let's imagine ourselves there now, dining on the roof terrace cafe of the exclusive Hotel Metropolitano in Guayaquil, Ecuador. Near us, an American has just complimented his hosts on the magnificent dinner, to which his host quickly responds, Ah, yes, it is true that our foods are famous. But from your land comes a rare delicacy also, one which has spread the fame of your own California to many far corners of the world. It is this superb wine, so excellent that we in Ecuador import it from your United States. My friend... I drink to you in your own delicious Roma wine. Our Ecuadorian friend is right. For Roma wine's superb quality has won such favor in many far places that they import it, enjoy it as a rare luxury. But not so here in America. Here, millions know and enjoy Roma wines as an inexpensive, everyday delight. At mealtimes and when entertaining. So many, in fact, that Roma is America's largest selling wine with no high import duties to pay nor expensive shipping costs, you enjoy these distinguished wines for only pennies a glass. Ask for Roma wines, which bring you old-world winemaking skill, plus Roma's own modern scientific controls and testing. That's R-O-M-A, Roma wines, America's largest selling wine, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. And now it is with pleasure that we bring back to our soundstage Lucille Ball in The Ten Grand, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Don't fall asleep and miss it now. Well, I won't. You've been very kind. I do want to thank you. No, think nothing of it. Well, good night. Good night, my dear. Now, be careful crossing the street. Sure, don't worry. I'll be plenty careful. I get off the train. Stand for a minute on the platform looking around. I don't see Sir Galahad, but he could have gone through to another car and come out down the line. Several guys are on the platform, and they all hurry up the steps of the street. I go up, too. I look ahead at the block I have to travel. Then I hear it again, from the darkness of the street. I can't tell exactly where it's coming from, but I'm standing in the light, and whoever's after me has a pretty perfect target. I walk away, hugging my purse and shaking like six hangovers. 
I tell myself that pretty soon Yankee Doodle will grab me and take the money. Any second now. He wouldn't need to kill me. I, I haven't seen him, so I can't identify him. He could just take the money and leave. But suppose he enjoys killing people. Suppose he gets panicky all of a sudden and his finger slips on the trigger. Suppose he's a... He's a, a, a maniac. I think about screaming, but nobody's hear me in time because screaming probably makes Yankee Doodle's trigger finger tremble. Why doesn't he do something? Why doesn't he take the money away from me and get it over with? Does he want me to offer it to him on a gold platter? Uh-uh. Not Gigi. She's got a T-bone steak smothered in onions waiting for her if she ever gets out of this in one piece. But now I'm getting toward the next corner and there's a dim street lamp on the other side. I see him. That's strange. He's been walking ahead of me all this time. Then I hear something else. Footsteps. Somebody behind me. I listen. That doesn't sound like the tread of somebody hurrying home to the little woman. That's a steady tread of somebody trailing somebody. I don't know how I know it, but I know it. There's Yankee Doodle up ahead, but here's also somebody behind me I don't like just by instinct. I'm sandwiched. I'm the ham between two slices of rye. I listen again. He's getting closer. By the time I reach the corner, he'll catch up with me. I try walking faster. He's walking faster, too. I turn around. I can see his dark shape behind me with a distant street lamp back of him. Then I see something else. Back away, across the street, is another man walking fast. Now I got three of them. I'm in a triple-decker sandwich now. I want to scream. I want to yell, help. But my heart's got all mixed up in my larynx somehow, and I know I'd never be able to project my voice past the next crack on the sidewalk. They're catching up to me fast. If this is the end, sister, this is it. I'm already imagining the cold steel on my back, and then... The two boys walk right on past me. Don't even give me a tumble. They're making time, and as the one on my side gets ahead of me, I see him nod to the one across the street. They're not telling me. They're after Yankee Doodle. They heard him whistle, and they'll be catching up with him any minute now. I heave a big sigh of relief and consider a quick exit back to the subway with my ten grand. I can just barely see the two of them as they come close to the next street lamp. They could be plain clothesmen, and, but I don't think so somehow. In that case, they got an illegal desire to get something they think Yankee Doodle's got. Or maybe Yankee Doodle's eagle illegal part of the deal. Suppose he turns out to be Sir Galahad. It's pretty confusing, and I ain't happy about it either way. But something, I don't know what, makes me take after the two rover boys instead of going my own way while I got the chance. I look up ahead. Yankee Doodle's a block away now, and he stops for a second under a streetlight. He's listening. I can tell that, even though he's too far away for me to tell if he's Sir Galahad. Then quickly, he disappears into the shadows again. I'm trying to keep my heels from clicking too loud, but they sound like drum beats, so I take my shoes off quick. The Rover boys are up on the corner now, but I'm making it by the time they're halfway down the next block. The street lamp must have burned out along here because it's blacker than a Scaparelli dinner dress. If only a police car would come by or something. Maybe Winchell would be cruising with the boys, yeah, and then he'd, he'd give me a plug in his column and it'd be easy for me to get a job. Oh, what am I thinking about things like that for now? Besides, there ain't a car on the street. There hasn't been one since I got off the subway. Suddenly, out of the blackness, a hand grabs my arm, another covers my mouth. Be quiet. Don't scream. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Here, mm. let's get down in the stairway where they can't see the skin's light. Mm. Now. You didn't need to choke me. Shh. They'll come back this way in a minute. As soon as they found out, they'd lost me. How'd you get here? I thought you was way ahead of them. I was. I ducked in here and let them pass. 
Are you with me? Why should I be? It's my life or theirs. So what? I got your purse back for you. Yeah, Sir Galahad. You've got my money. It could be their money. Yes, but it isn't. Wait, they're coming back. I got an idea. I'll step out and say something and you... you... All right. Get up there quick. They're coming. Well, hiya, boys. Fancy seeing you here. Nice night, ain't it? Never mind, sister. We ain't got time to chat. Well, you needn't blind me with that flashlight. I just wanted to pass the time of day. Well, it ain't that time of day, so step aside and let's... Hey, what... Hey! He was trying to get up. Let's make sure they're really out. Are you kidding? They're both out farther than the 12-mile limit. Then let's get away from here fast. Come on. Wait a minute. What's the matter? You don't want to be picked up around here, do you? Well, I got to put my shoes on first, don't I? Say, do you know I broke my heel on that heel? So, here we are, 15 minutes later, sitting in an all-night restaurant after running practically 12 blocks and me forgetting all about the fact my feet was killing me a couple hours ago. Sir Galahad's breathing just like normal, but I'm still sounding like a pair of bellows trying to catch my wind. He's looking at me and laughing in a nice way, and I don't mind. <laughs> you know, what you need is a little regular exercise. It would uh, get you in condition. A nice, steady job hoofing somewhere will do that for me. <laughs> I wonder how long it will be before the cops find those guys. Maybe you ought to report it first, just to be on the safe side. No, no. It would be too dangerous. I have to get rid of the money first. Oh. No, I... I did not rob a bank. Well, there's other illegal ways to get ten grand. Here comes the waitress. Better order and then we can talk. I can't believe I'm really going to get a steak inside of me instead of hot lead. (laughs) Wait until you see what the steak's like before you feel too happy. Know what you want yet? Yeah, a long time ago. T-bone steak, rare, smothered in onions. Uh, Make it two, please. Two teas, rare and buried. All right, shoot. What am I saying? (laughs) I... I'm a Greek. Yeah? I came over here when I was about 15. My father and mother are still in Athens. I couldn't get them out of the country when the Italians invaded. So I... I don't know where they are now. Oh, gee, that's too bad. Oh, I'm like a lot of people over here. I want to do something for my mother country, even though I am a naturalized American... So, in my spare time, I collect contributions from other Greeks living over here. Oh, you mean for the Relief Society? Oh, no, 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 that's that's different. This money supports the Greek underground. It has to be gotten and sent very quietly because certain people over here would like very much to know who's operating the underground in Greece. You see? Yeah, I'm beginning to. What about the Rover Boys? Who? The two kids we lulled to sleep back there. Oh, well, I can't prove it yet, but uh, I think they're Axis agents. They've been following me ever since I left home this morning. Today was my day off, and I've been making the rounds, collecting. You did pretty well. How much is in that bankroll? $10,415. Oh, boy, you're quite a salesman. (laughs) I've got a good product to sell. Anyway, I thought I could shake those guys in the subway. But then when you got your purse lifted... I did a little quick thinking and decided the money would be safer with you for a while. Mm. And I do want to thank you. Oh, that's all right. Always glad to help out. 
Well, I guess you'd like to have your ten grand back now, huh? <laughs> you know, in Greece, they have a law that uh, whoever finds money gets to keep ten percent as a reward. No kidding! <laughs> yes. So, the way we'd figure it, you get $1,041.15. Say, that's wonderful. That's a great custom. I wonder why they don't adopt it in America. Well, I guess America has a lot of things that Greece doesn't have. Uh, T-bone steaks, for instance. Yeah, that's true. Well, here you are. I hope you get the dough into the right hands. Thank you very, very much. Uh... Aren't you going to count out your 10%? Mm-mm. I got to contribute something to winning the war, ain't I? Say, miss. You want me? Yeah, what happened to them two T-bone steaks? Oh, well, I'm sorry, but when I took your order for the steak, I forgot this was Meatless Tuesday. Oh, no. And so closes The Ten Grand, starring Lucille Ball. Tonight's tale of... Suspense. Suspense is produced and directed by William Spear. Have you had the thrilling experience of enjoying a meal prepared and served with delightful Roma wines? Well, tomorrow evening, we suggest that when preparing your dinner, whether it be fish, meat, or poultry... Just add a generous portion of your favorite Roma table wine, Sauternes, Burgundy, or Claret. Then, simply put the same bottle, well chilled, on the table with the meal. You'll be in for a new experience in just how good even the simplest everyday foods can be when prepared and also served with superbly flavored Roma wines. Don't put off discovering how much these delicious and inexpensive Roma wines can add to the pleasure of everyday living. Remember, thousands make Roma wines their daily standby for greater enjoyment at a cost of only pennies a glass. Ask for R-O-M-A, Roma Wines, America's largest selling wine, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is Lucille Ball. I always enjoy my appearances on Suspense, and tonight I'm particularly proud because Mr. Spear has just counted up, and he says that tonight I said more words per minute than any actress he has ever had on the show. Well, here's just a few more, and I hope you will give heed to them. Don't let tomorrow go by without buying an extra war bond. Lucille Ball appeared tonight through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the White Cliffs of Dover. Next Thursday, same time, we will present the best-selling novel, The Walls Came Tumbling Down, and Mr. Keenan Wynn will be your star of... Suspense! Presented by Roma Wines. R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world.
CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, guys, that does it for Miss Lucille Ball and Mr. Desi Arnaz for our Women's Month show for this morning. Please join me later on tonight, guys, as I bring to the show Miss Alice Faye and Mr. Phil Harris in the Alice Faye and Phil Harris show. Then join me this coming Friday as I bring to the show two performances. The first one starring Miss Joan Crawford and Miss Betty Davis in The Feud Part 2. And, and Miss Frances Langford featuring Mr. Don Amici in the NBC comedy show The Bickersons. And then stay tuned next week, guys, as we conclude Women's Month with the Queen of Suspense herself, Miss Agnes Moorhead, and the Queen of Comedy to tickle our funny bone, Miss Lucille Ball, and Mr. Richard Denning in the CBS comedy show, My Favorite Husband. And then stay tuned in the coming weeks, guys, as it brings such stars as Miss Judy Garland, Mr. Jack Benny, Miss Shirley Temple, and many others. And if you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys. And have a wonderful day. And always remember to enjoy the show. Thanks. <laughs>